I am so happy to be with you guys. When Mark talked to me a few months ago about us jumping into the book of Jonah with y'all, I got excited and started reading, and goodness gracious was I surprised the minute I read it. You see, Mark's touched on this many times. We often just know the little kitty story to it. We understand the, oh, Jonah got eaten by this whale shark or fish or whatever it is, and oh no, God spit him out, and he was like, go save these people. But we get the opportunity to actually read through the real-life story of this and understand the different perspectives and just awesomeness in it. Um, what I like to do when I like to read um, chapters by chapters, I like to give each chapter my own little title to it in a way. And it's kind of weird, but I like to call chapter one the predicament. Everybody say predicament. So you see in chapter one, Jonah gets told, hey, go to this place called Nineveh. Go preach what I tell you to preach. And instead, Jonah said, yeet, I'm going the other way. We're going to walk, and this is going to be insane. I'm going to try to outrun you. And then, uh-oh, he gets fit, eaten by a fish, which is awesome. He gets swallowed up by a fish. Chapter two, we have the opportunity where we see the predicament turn into the prayer. Everybody say, the prayer. And Jonah cries out, out of all the verses except for two, you hear Jonah's prayer crying out for God to redeem him and save him. And pretty much you see him repent and praise God at the same time, which is awesome. And now we get to jump into chapter three. I like to call the, wait, I got it, the preaching. Everybody say the preaching. Now, the reason I call it the preaching is because we get to see Jonah walk out what God had already planned. But you see, Jonah already decided, yeet, I'm not going to do this. And God changed that and gave him an opportunity to have a second chance. So what we're going to do is we're going to unpack this verse by verse because there's only 10 verses. Everybody say 10 verses. That's not a lot, right? But it's going to be so much fun to talk about this with you guys. So if you will, let's get in this mindset real quick. Jonah gets spit out by a whale. We're about to jump into it. But he's going to be told to go to this place of Nineveh. And does anybody remember what Nineveh was like? Cannibals. Terrible. Yeah, ca cannibals, people with addiction, murderers, all these awful people. Jonah didn't want to go because he felt like there was no point of going to this evil because this evil wasn't going to turn from its ways. So that's where we are, and we're going to jump into it. So if you will, if you don't have your Bibles, look at the screen. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do this together. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to unpack this. But do me a favor real quick and focus on God's character. That's my goal for you guys. During these 10 verses, think about what God's character is showing in these verses. Sound good? Yes, I love it. Sounds good. All right, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. I'm already pausing. I'm already pausing. Do you guys see the word second time? So Jonah 1.1, you see the word of the Lord come to Jonah. And now you see the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. God's giving Jonah the second chance. So we're going to keep on going. God said, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message that I tell you. So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's command. So Jonah got up. He started going over to this place called Nineveh. He was already scared. He was already afraid to do it. Some people, and I'm sure Mark's going to hit this next week, some people claim that he wasn't even going there with his heart in mind. He was just going for the sake of he doesn't want to be eaten by a fish again or if he's going he's just with the, of the motions of it. But what we're focusing is on his obedience in following what God said. 
God gave him a second chance to obey, and he did so. So carrying on in verse 3 again, now Nineveh was an extremely great city, a three-day walk, because they don't have cars, they don't have bikes, let's not think that, he's walking the whole place. And he gets to Nineveh, and oh, Jonah set out on the first day of his walk in the city and proclaimed, in 40 days Nineveh will be demolished. Then the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. So Jonah didn't want to go originally because he was afraid that they wouldn't listen, that they wouldn't turn around and follow what God's trying to say. But immediately when they were told that their city was going to be demised, they turned around and started showing what they, what did they do? Did they put on sackcloth? Yes. That's amazing. In the Old Testament, when you put on sackcloth, that is a visual representation of they are repenting to something. Repenting to something. And we're going to keep on going in a second. But they put on sackcloth and they started fasting, showing a visual public representation that they are going to repent and try to plead for their safety and their life. So we keep on going. This is awesome. Verse 6 comes up. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne um, took off his royal robe, put on sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Sitting in ashes is another representation of putting himself in, re- in repentance. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh. By order of the king and his nobles, no person or animal, herd or flock, is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and from his wrongdoings. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. I'm going to pause right there. So you see Jonah walk into the city of Nineveh, and everybody turned and repented and started going after this God who they know is powerful. They know of this God because they are automatically in fear and crying out for safety, crying out that no disaster comes to their city, crying out that they don't die. Instead, they repent and cry out. And the king of this evil place says, everybody must cry out. Everybody must fast. Everybody must show in a public representation that they are repenting. So they did so. And in verse 10, I love this. I love reading this because verse 10 genuinely just makes me smile each time because we see them cry out and God does this. God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, so God relented from the disaster that he had threatened them with. He did not do it. (sighs) He did not do it. See, these people, they went through all these terrible things. They started doing all these things. Jonah came, said this. They repented, and God showed mercy on them. God saw that they were repenting. God saw that they wanted that, and God listened. We're going to go over three different characteristics of God in this, but before we do, I want to jump to the book of Luke real quick just to talk about this. Mark mentioned this to me the other day, and I'm so that happy that he brought it up. Because there's, there's actually a correlation between Jonah and Jesus. Not the character of Jonah, but the book of Jonah and Jesus. And it's the characteristic of God. You see, in Luke 5, 
Um, 31 through 32, it says this. This is Jesus talking. It's red letters. That means it's important. Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Jesus came asking for these sinners to repent, coming for these sinners to repent. The people of Nineveh were sinners, and they were repenting. We see in the characteristic of God three different things. I'm going to read them to you guys. I'm going to tell you guys these, and I'm going to tell you exactly why I came to that. If you look at verse 1, with it mentioning that the Lord came to Jonah a second time, that leads me to the first characteristic we see of God in chapter 3. That God is forgiving. God is a God of second chances, whether you realize that or not. No matter where you are in life, he will give you that second chance if you cry out and repent to him. He is a God of second chances because he gives you second chances with his grace. You see, the people in the Old Testament knew God of being a just God. Everybody say just God. They understood that he was a just God because God provided justice when he needed to. Not only was he gracious, not only was he merciful, but he was just and he did what he was meant to do. He didn't question, he didn't delay. He did what he was meant to do. He did what he, what he said he would do. So the second thing we get to see is in the entire chapter, you see these people of Nineveh crying out and repenting to the Lord, asking that they would save him. And you see that God listened. The second point is he listens. Part of his character that's amazing is the fact that he does listen to each and every one of us when we pray, when we cry out. And one thing that you should know, if you are a Christian, you have the opportunity to pray at all times. Even if you're not a Christian, pray to God. He wants you to pray to him. He wants you to pray to him so that you can repent to him. Our second point, I mean our third point, our third characteristic that we are seeing in chapter 3 is God is a merciful God. He shows mercy on the people of Nineveh because he saw their actions. He saw that they repented. He saw that all these things happened. And you see all these characteristics in Jesus' life as well. <sighs> I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but I'm going to. Um, one of the reasons Jonah really hit home for me for these past few weeks, because I've loved hearing Mark teach about it. I've loved reading it. I've loved doing all the stuff that comes with it. Is two weeks ago, right when we started reading Jonah, we started talking about the storms and the hard stuff that comes in. And two weeks ago, as of yesterday, one of my good friends passed away. She passed away. She got in a car crash, and it was a very hard time for me. Being completely open with you guys, it was very difficult for me to sit there, be like, I'm going to praise God. And then we get to read chapter 2, and we see Jonah pleading and praising God, even though he's in a fish, probably going to die. And what was really hard about it was, her name's Tatiana, by the way. Tatiana was one of the first people I got to lead to Christ. It was so difficult for me because I was angry at God, knowing that she was gone. She was 20 years old, coming home from work. But I was also so excited and happy that she's finally home. And one thing that I didn't realize till today is the conversation that we had August 23rd of my seventh grade year, sitting at lunch, we talked about repentance with each other. 
I remember that date because that was one of the first times I led someone to Christ, one of my best friends. And we talked about repentance and the importance of repentance. One thing that it's going to be hard to say to you guys because we're at an age that we're just like, especially when you're like 20 and under, shout out to the adults. Sorry about that, guys. But we're at an age that we feel like we are not breakable, that we are literally going to be able to walk, get hit by a car and be like, I'm good. We don't know when our time is. The importance of repentance is huge because you don't know when your last day is. And that's hard to say. That really is hard to say. But if you don't know Christ and you're putting it off saying, I don't need to do this right now. I know he forgives me. So I'm going to wait like 20 years and like do, live all this sinful life. You don't know if you're going to make it there. What's stopping you from repenting? What's stopping you from turning your life and going to Christ? It took the people of Nineveh a disaster. It took Jonah, this prophet, a disaster to be swallowed by a fish to try to turn his life around. And we'll talk about that later next week of what happens after. But it often takes people a disaster or a storm to wake them up. And my prayer for you students is it doesn't take that. My prayer to you students is that there is a spark inside of you right now, a question of do I really know this God, a Fire about to burn on the idea of, I want this faith that we always talk about. You see, repentance is key in a relationship with Christ because we have to admit that we ourselves are sinners. We actually live in a world, it's funny to think this way, but it's true. We live in a world of Nineveh. Whether you realize it or not, we live in a very sinful world. I love talking to people about that because they're just like, dude, not that many bad things are happening here in the Sienna plantation. That's not true at all. Everybody in this room is a sinner among sinners. Mark's a sinner. I'm a sinner. Every leader in here is a sinner. But what's awesome is we have the opportunity to know the God who forgives sinners, who forgives the people who don't deserve to be forgiven, who shows mercy on the ones who don't deserve mercy. There was a verse I read this morning that I want to read to you guys real quick, and we're going to keep on going. Um, It's Psalm 73, and it's 25 through 28, and it says this. Who do I in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is my good. I've made the Lord God my refuge so I could tell about all you do. What's the reason I wanted to read this verse to you guys? It doesn't have to do with Jonah. It doesn't have to do with Luke. But it does have to do with God being your refuge. No matter what kind of storm you're in, whatever it is that you're walking out these doors to, whether that's a happy home, a hard home, whether that's a good day at school or a trash day at school, whatever it is, God's a refuge and a rock you could stand on and know that he has you. If you have questions about how he has you, ask a leader. Ask your parents, ask somebody who you know, 
follows Christ? Because guess what? That's one of the best questions to ask a Christian. How do you know Jesus? How do you personally know Jesus if you are a Christian? What led you to Christ? What made you want to repent? My prayer for you guys today, even if you have already, I pray that you continue to repent. Even if you know Christ, I pray that you continue. You still sin once you know Jesus. I hate to break it to you. You're not perfect the minute you say, all right, Jesus, you're in. Let's do this. I got the Holy Spirit in me. I'm perfect. No, you're not. Not at all. And that's okay. Because as we read in Jonah, God forgives. He shows mercy on those who repent and cry out to him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray real quick. And the reason I want to pray is because I want you guys to think about repentance. I want you guys to just have this thought. I'm not asking you to stand up, walk to anybody or anything like that. I want you guys to think about what's that thing deep inside that you have not brought to God? What's that thing that you think you can hide from God? We read in the story, Jonah can't hide from God. Nobody can hide from God. What's that thing that's keeping you from abiding and trusting that God is your one and only refuge?